Welcome to CommutaCast, a communication skills podcast. I'm Scott D'Amico, president of CommutaSpond, which is a global communication skills training organization. Today, I am talking with Jody Fletcher. After spending nearly 30 years in the Navy, working in reconnaissance and special operations fields, he leveraged his transferable skills to create a successful career as an executive coach and leadership and culture consultant. Check out the episode to hear Jody's views on the importance of understanding and appreciation, why we should listen twice as much as we speak, and how modeling skills leads to change both at home and work. I hope you enjoy. Jody, thank you for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Scott. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. So if you can, to get us started, maybe tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, your journey, and really what you're working on today. So my name is Jody Fletcher, and I spent uh, almost 30 years, a little over 29 in the Navy. I spent my first 20 years in the reconnaissance and special operations field, working in very small and highly elite teams with a bunch of really motivated and uh, driven individuals. And then the last 10 years of my career, I was a command master chief. So that means really like uh, working at the executive level, I was working directly with general officers. And a lot of what I did there was teaching, mentoring, coaching. And that's really what kept me in. I loved, I loved that aspect of, of the uh, latter part of my career. And I found out about executive coaching just having a conversation with a buddy over dinner one night who's in the corporate world. Uh, I just thought to myself, wow, this is what I want to do when I retire from the military, because, it, you know, again, that's what kept me in that last, last 10 years or whatever. So I went to coach training and got certified as an authentic leadership coach, pursued some other certifications. I'm in the process of pursuing my PCC through ICF and just got into the executive coaching and consulting space, uh, you know, public speaking and stuff like that. And that's where I am now, uh, just enjoying it, working. I'm fascinated. I've always been fascinated with corporate America, probably because growing up in the military and then being in the military for so long, it's, it's just something that I've not experienced like mm-hmm. most people do. And uh, the leadership side of it is, you know, leadership is leadership regardless of where you go, because you're dealing with people, you know, it, it doesn't matter what the industry is. Uh, so it gives me an insight into a lot of different industries that I wouldn't otherwise be able to kind of take a peek behind the curtain while helping the leaders in those organizations build better teams, better culture, and communicate better. Outstanding. Thank you for sharing that. And I just have to imagine what an interesting transition it would be going from career in the military to now working not necessarily directly in the corporate space, but working with corporations, working with their leaders. And you hit on something really powerful there is that leadership is leadership. Wherever you're at, you are working with people. And a big part of that is communication, especially when it comes to leadership and, you know, from what I heard you just share around your career in the military, working with military leaders, working on special ops, small teams, reconnaissance types of things, communication I'm sure was very critical there. So from your standpoint and your experience, what does it mean to be a really good or a strong or a great communicator? Being great at communication starts with listening. 
I think you've got to use all of your senses. We've got eyes and ears and, and uh, you know, of course, a mouth and you've got your body. So there's using all your senses to communicate is, is the key. And listening more than you speak. You know, they say you've got two eyes, two, two, eyes, two ears and one mouth. Uh, so always listen and watch more than you speak. I think that being able to convey that information in a way that's understood by the other person, whatever it is, uh, you know, and communication is both information and feelings. And that's one thing that I see a lot of leaders struggle with is either receiving or um, projecting their, their emotions. And, and so we catch that quite a bit when we're talking about communication and leadership. I love the idea of using all of your senses when listening. You, we hear a lot about listening being a very important skill and people think, okay, yeah, I'm listening. I got my ears, I'm tuned in, I'm listening. But beyond just hearing the words coming out of their mouth, one, you're using your eyes to pick up on those nonverbals, right? What are they telling you without really saying it? And your own body that you're using as a listener is communicating back to the person who's speaking. You know, are you slumped back, arms closed, whatever it may be? Are you turned away from them? There's so many things that you're signaling as a listener to that person. So if you really want to be an effective listener, one, you got those ears open, you're tuned in, you've cut out distractions, you've created this environment really where you can listen, you're looking for the nonverbals, and then am I projecting to them that I really am listening to them? Because I will know sometimes when I'm talking to someone, if I get the sense that they're tuned out just from their body language, I'm not going to be giving as much to them as, as in other conversations where I really feel somebody is locked in on what I'm saying. They're really engaged. I will continue to open up more and go. So yeah, I think this idea of using the whole body to listen and all of your senses is really critical. Absolutely. Think about, you know, the death glare from your mom when you were doing something as a kid, <laughs> that right there communicates, you know, that look is worth a thousand words, right? And as a communicator, looking out through a crowd to see who's glazed over and who's not, who's falling asleep and who's not, who's engaged. Eye contact is huge. And when I was, uh, you know, as we were raising our daughter, one of the things that I tried to instill in her is making eye contact with people, you know, making eye contact with somebody who's taken your order or everybody you come in contact with, make eye contact with them and connect with them on a very human level. That's huge in communication. It's so important with, with kids. And I'm doing the, you know, the same thing with our kids. If we go out to a restaurant that they're placing their own order, that they're, they're speaking up so that they can hear, they're projecting their voice. They're making eye contact with the person who's taking care of us. Those are just great skills to start early on with kids, have them just interacting in social settings. They can really start to pick up on it. The big one we're working on now is phone skills. Having a, a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old talking on the phone with them sometimes is just so frustrating uh, because they're not used to it. They're just texting and Snapchatting and whatever they may do. But building those skills, really, really important. Eye contact is huge. And you, you talked a little bit about, I think at the beginning, you're starting to do a lot of public speaking engagements, things like that. You know, whether you're giving a presentation, you know, oftentimes people are taught when they're presenting to scan the room, kind of make eye contact. They're doing this, they're bouncing back and forth. 
And when you're really just scanning a room and just swiveling your head a little bit, you're not making that eye contact. Things really are going to be a blur. But when you take the time to connect with individual people in that audience, that's when you're going to pick up on, are they glazed over? Are they shut off? Are they looking at their phone? And if they are doing those things, it's on you as the speaker to adjust, adjust the messaging, adjust your style, your tone, whatever it may be. You need to take ownership of that and really figure out what could I be doing differently to engage with this audience? Absolutely. 100%. Jody, with the work that you're doing now with consulting and leadership training, working with leaders, what are some of the, the communication skills or soft skills that you're really seeing as being critically important for business leaders today? Understanding and appreciation are huge in communication. You have to first understand what someone else does or understand them as a person, whether we're talking individually as a person or their, their jobs. And I see this a lot in the corporate space where there's there are silos, there's poor cross-functional communication. I do a lot of workshops with this type of stuff. And I tell people, you have to first understand the other person or the other team before you can begin to appreciate them. Once you understand what they do, then you can begin to appreciate them. And once you appreciate someone or some other team, you begin to communicate with them in a completely different way. If you don't appreciate somebody, let's, let's use a, a corporate setting, right? Where mm -hmm. uh, you come in and the, the monosyllabic answer that we most often receive is no. I'm, I'm coming into finance for a request, uh, I don't know, new budget or something. The easy button is just no. But once the two um, functional areas understand each other and appreciate each other, they're more likely to help each other find a way to yes, instead of just defaulting to no. So understanding and appreciation, are they directly affect communication. And once you have better communication, you've got way better teamwork. The idea of understanding, and we see this a lot in larger organizations where they'll do leadership development programs or fast track programs. But as part of this, you're going to spend six months working with accounting. You're going to spend six months working with marketing. You're going to spend six months working in production, whatever it may be. The reason they're doing that is one, yes, you get a broader appreciation for the business. But now when you're, you have to come back to your position, whether it's in sales or whatever it is, you come back to that position, you nailed it. You have an understanding of that person's point of view, that person's world, what they're going against, what challenges they're facing, so that when you're communicating with them, you're going to have that understanding and appreciation for what's going on. And it's really going to help those negotiations, communications, all those things. It's really going to help accelerate business results. So as much as you can get exposure to other parts of your organization, I think it's a great tool for somebody that's looking to grow in their company, whether they have this formal program or not, make friends with people in other departments, whether it's virtually, if you're in an office setting at lunch, branch out, get to know people from different departments. It will only serve you well in your career. Absolutely. And I applaud the efforts of these organizations that are, that are moving people around like that, but not everyone can afford to do that for time, for you know, money, all, all the different reasons. But exactly what you just said, Scott, is just gain a, an understanding of the other human. 
What did they have to do to get where they were? How hard did they have to work? And one of the slides in the presentation I use is um, it's Yellowstone, right? And so it's got, and I don't know if you're familiar with the show or not, but there's these two kind of diametrically opposed characters. It's Rip, the, you know, kind of the ranch hand, you know, all black type of cowboy. And then there's Jamie, who's one of the brothers and he's the lawyer. And these two, you know, getting them to understand each other and how hard they each work to get where they were. But the most important thing is neither of them would want the other person's job. And I find that in organizations a lot too, where people don't appreciate what the other person does for the organization or the other team does for the organization. And once they get to know each other and understand, and, and then they have that appreciation and then they start to treat each other differently. Um, so it's just, you know, Lincoln said leadership by walking around. Well, there's also just getting to know each other by walking around. And I know that's a little more difficult in today's environment with Zoom and all of that, but there's still ways that you can get to know the people on other teams or that work down the hall from you that are going to benefit the entire organization in the long run. It is. It's a big benefit and absolutely more challenging in today's environment where so many people aren't in that office setting where you can just, as you have time, wander around, get to know people, meet people. But we have these great things called telephones that I think a lot of people are afraid to use. But sometimes just picking the phone up and talking to the person about whatever is going on will oftentimes solve whatever you're going through immensely quicker than round after round after round of emails. And sometimes you may pick it up and say, you may find out that my team is short staffed. We've lost three people in the past month. We're trying to onboard. That's why this is taking so long. My apologies. Whatever it may be, you're going to learn something or just taking the time. You know, when I talk with a lot of folks on my team, really the first thing is, you know, Hey, I know we're always talking about business, this or that, but how are you doing? You know, what's going on? How, how, are, how are things going? And you may, hey, yeah, things are great. I'm loving life. Things are good. Or yeah, I'm dealing with this. I got this going on. So as you get that understanding of people, it leads to empathy. And empathy is uh, such a critical trait when it comes to leadership because a foundation of empathy is understanding the other person's point of view. You maybe can't necessarily relate to it because you haven't been there, but you can typically find some other aspect of your life that you can relate in. And that's going to lead to that Empath empathy, empathetic style of leadership that I think really people value and it drives engagement at your company. And just something as simple as in a meeting, checking in, we call it checking in, where you go around the table and allow everybody 10 to 15 seconds to, to literally just check in and say, yeah, I'm feeling great today. I got a lot of sleep last night or, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I went for a run this morning. And eventually you'll catch somebody who said, you know what? I didn't sleep well last night. The dog was up all night sick. And so I'm just off my game. And when you do something like that, you're opening the communication aperture and decreasing the amount of assumptions that people will make. Because if, you know, Sue is normally chipper and loves everybody's ideas and is really eager to help and work, and I'm presenting something and I don't know what happened in Sue's life last night, and she's, you know, not listening and not paying attention and not her normal self, I might make the assumption that Sue hates my idea. Whereas if we take that 10 to 15 seconds and go around the room and Sue says, my dog was sick all night, so I'm just off my game. Now I'm not going to assume she doesn't like my idea. Mm -hmm. I have 
to your point, some empathy. Oh, Sue's just hired because you know she was up all night, uh, and we can reattack this later. So there's little tips and tricks like that that will help build the team, uh, build their communication, and bring them together and make them stronger while getting to know each other. Because every time you check in, you're learning a little more about that person. Definitely, those little investments of time typically save a lot more time and anguish and frustration on the back end. So I encourage folks, take the time just to quickly touch base with your folks, your team, what's going on, how you doing, and then dive into, because if it's all business all the time, as you said, you're going to miss out on little things that are going to be, that are going to cause either turmoil, frustration, pain points, bottlenecks, all these things in your company, making that small investment on the front end will pay dividends on the back end. Absolutely. Jody, as you think about your career, nearly 30 years in the Navy, working on, I am sure, some, some very interesting projects and with some interesting people, now pivoting into leadership coaching, executive coaching. If you have to think through, through your career, if you had to pinpoint it down to maybe one or two soft skills, communication skills, what have you, what would you say has really led you to your success and where you are today? Self-awareness is huge. You have to be self-aware. You have to know how you're feeling in the moment. And, you know, back to the, the example with Sue, I have to know if I didn't sleep well and be able to express that to other people and say, hey, I'm off my game today. Just give me a little grace. You know, we'll get back in it. And then again, it, it all goes back, Scott, to two eyes, two ears, and one mouth. And I've, I'm more of a patient person. I'm a quiet person. And I do listen and watch things way more than I speak. I think that has helped me immensely throughout my career because I love saying, if you're the, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And when you're listening and watching twice as much as you're speaking, you're surrounding yourself with people that are just, um, it allows them to open up and, and be creative and explore new ideas and, and build the team up and move it forward. So I would definitely say just listening and, and watching twice as much as you speak. Self-awareness is something that for myself, always trying to work on and awareness of others. So if I think of, especially at home is where I'm really trying to work on this with, with family, but you know, sometimes you know, the kids are wanting to go outside and play basketball or whatever. And you know, I know that I'm just not feeling it. My knees are hurting. My shoulders are hurting, whatever. I can quickly just say, nope, not going to do that today. And you know, they're likely going to feel you know, dejected. Oh, Dad doesn't want to play with us. What's wrong? But if I do take the time and realize, okay, why am I not wanting to go out? All right, I'm just not, my body physically isn't feeling, feeling that. And if I show some vulnerability and tell the kids, you know, listen, my, my shoulders are really hurting today. I don't feel like I can go out and play basketball. Maybe I'll come out and watch, or we can play, try and play this weekend. Taking the time, being aware of where you are in that moment. And it changes from moment to moment, day to day, just like it does at work. Using that self-awareness, being vulnerable, and then communicating out the why. You know, here's why I'm responding this way is important. And same thing with being aware of others and going back to the family, kids, things of that nature. You know, if I'm working with my kids on something or trying to get them to do something, just being aware of their body language, their tone, their mood, where they're at, 
and maybe realizing, okay, this approach isn't working with them. How do I shift gears a little bit to get, get them to open up or to really engage and do what we, what we want them to do. So self-awareness is huge. And yes, definitely listening more than you talk is really important. It's definitely one of those things that has helped me out throughout my career is just really absorbing speaking when I feel that it's relevant and important. I'm typically not going to be the first one jumping out, you know, sharing my thoughts or be the loudest one in the room. But I try to make it that when I do speak up, people will pay attention because it's not super frequent. So they're like, all right, Scott hopefully has something insightful to say. And I know it's helped me. I've had leaders share that with me. Now I will say sometimes if it's just like with anything, if it becomes an overstrength to become a weakness, if you are too quiet in meetings, that may signal to other folks that they're not engaged. They really don't have any thoughts. And I know throughout my career, that has sometimes been, been a challenge for getting to speak up and jump out, especially when I worked at a much larger organization. And where I, fortunately I had leaders who would you know, defend me to others say, nope, he's, listen, he's bright. He has ideas. He's taking it in. And then you'll hear from him when he you know, really knows what's going on, has assessed it and has his plan to move forward. Two things there, Scott, that all boils down to psychological safety. It's mm -hmm. all a matter of, of that environment that's created, whether it's you as a leader or whether you're in a team where there's a leader that creates the psychological safety for you to be able to be vulnerable and say to everyone, hey, I'm just quiet. So I'm I might not say something. I'm I'm hearing everything. I'm open to feedback and all of that. Uh, and because I don't feel the need, I'm not compelled to speak all the time just to, mm -hmm. you know, just to talk. The other thing that I found interesting earlier in your comments was you're also modeling for your children when you are vulnerable with them, the behavior that you want them to, to adopt by being vulnerable and saying, Hey, my shoulders hurt. Uh, you know, can we do this this weekend? Or maybe I can just come out and watch you all play. So I'm still with you, just not playing. You're showing them it's okay to be vulnerable and to, to, to tell the truth, mm -hmm. right? That's a huge huge thing when it comes to communication is modeling what you want your kids to do the same way that we were talking earlier about when you're, you know, you're out at a restaurant, making the eye contact, catching the server's name and using their name. It's, it's that human connection that you build with somebody that's going to increase and in, in, um, enhance your communication. Modeling is so important, whether it's at home with kids or even in the workplace. If you are a people leader, you need to make sure that you're modeling those skills because rest assured, those folks are looking to you and they're looking not only to what you're saying, but your actions, what you're doing, how you're leading. You know, if I'm on a, a client call with one of the folks on my team and I try to you know, BS my way through an answer and just because I don't want to say I don't know they're going to pick up on that. And then perhaps next time they're on a call by themselves, they're going to try and do the same thing and it may not go well that's on me versus, you know, if I say to the client, you know, I don't have that answer right now. Let me do a little bit of research and get back to you by the end of the day, Thursday, much better to model that skill than to try and fake your way through it because it's going to lead to disaster somewhere down the line. And it also shows your team that you trust them enough to be vulnerable and say, mm -hmm. you know, to me, I don't know, or some of the, like, those are probably the three most important words you can say as a leader, because you're also telling your team, I trust that that you have the answer, or I trust that you're going to be able to help me find the answer. Mm -hmm. As the leader, you're not always the one with the answer. You're just the one with the decision-making authority 
when, you know, once all the information is in. Jody, if you think through your career journey, who has been somebody that has influenced your communication style where you've, you know, you've taken something from them, maybe tweaked it, made it your own, but who's somebody that's, you know, their, their fingerprints, so to speak, are on your communication style. I've had a couple, Scott. There was a guy I worked with whose name was Will a long time ago. And he was the first person I was ever around who made it a point to catch every single person's name. And if their name wasn't on a badge or they didn't say their name, he would ask them their name and not in a weird way, but I saw very quickly how that connected him with that person in that moment for that period of time. And I always admired that. And that definitely made an impact on me. I've had leaders that I've worked for that were amazing listeners. And that uh, I, I think I've always kind of been a great listener. My mom is a great listener and a very quiet person and observes things. I think I took that from her. But also, I've had a couple of leaders that were horrible listeners, and I took probably as much from them as I did from the great ones, because you can learn as much, if not more, about what not to do when you're exposed to those people who, who talk ad nauseum or you know, talk beyond the, the glazing of the eyes or say inappropriate things and you see the impact it has on the audience in the moment. Um, all of that stuff made an impact on me as well. So I've taken, taken good from the bad and, and uh, good from the good as well. I love that. And it reminds me of a prior guest talked about this concept of bloom where you are planted. Meaning if you're in an environment that's maybe not ideal for you, some people's instinct is just going to right, put my head down, trudge through it, get past it and eventually move on. But if you bloom where you're planted, whether it's in a perfect pot with a great right amount of sunshine, perfect soil, or you're a weed growing up through the crack of the sidewalk, take advantage of everything around you learn from everyone around you, regardless of it's the right things to do or what not to do, because I've absolutely learned from leaders. Uh, I'm, like, I'm never going to do that or never say things like that, but just kind of pick up all of these different things from everyone around you. That's you know a huge piece of advice that I always have for people is whether you have a great leader, good leader, bad leader, whatever it is, learn what to do, what not to do. And and it, to me, the other thing that you had kind of talked about was picking up on people's names. You know, most people love hearing their name. It engages them. It catches their attention. And for me, this was just something recently tying back to self-awareness. As I go back through all these episodes and I'm doing the editing, I, you know, I pick up on things that I say over and over again. So I try to, to fix that. On the last episode, I realized I used the word so as my transition from question to question, you know, so tell me about this. So I was like, you know, what can I do to change that? And I quickly realized if I just use the person's name rather than say, you know, so what skills do you, I, Jody, what skills do you self-awareness, listening to yourself? If you're trying to improve your communication styles, really tuning into the words that you're using, how you're using them and think, how could I change that? So for me, the name tied right into that. If like one, it's a benefit of using someone's name because it does get them engaged. 
And then for me, it keeps me from repeating the same thing over and over throughout the conversation. Great tip. Great tip. Um, I would also, when you were, when you were talking about blooming where you're planted, it made me think of following up a negative thought with a positive thought. And it's one of the things that I tell my clients quite a bit. And it, it goes with that theme. If you have a negative thought about something like, oh, my, my leader's horrible, or this job is, is horrible, follow it up with a positive thought about the same thing. So, you know, you're then in essence, you're finding the silver lining, you're finding the mm -hmm. good thing. A, it's going to help to rewire and reprogram your brain and not have as many negative thoughts and to find the positive in things, but it's also going to help you explore, okay, what can I learn from this? Even, I'm, even though I'm in a less than ideal situation, there's something to be gained, something to be learned. What is it? And then nail that down. I'm a big believer in gratitude and finding the silver lining. So if I'm in a spot that I don't like, I'm not enjoying Part of it can simply be, if you want to just retrain the brain a little bit is, all right, this is helping me identify what I want in my next opportunity. The negative things that I'm seeing out of my leader are helping me to be a better leader in the future. So really it's just that mindset shift of, of gratitude and focusing on the positive there. As we wrap up, Jody, what piece of advice would you have for somebody early career, mid-career, making a pivot, whatever it may be, they're in their second act. What, what advice would you have for them around communication skills and the important role that they can play in their career success? Again, I'll go immediately back to self-awareness. The more self-aware you are, the better you're going to be able to lead. And whether it's leading, just leading yourself or leading others, everything starts with self-awareness. And it doesn't matter the clients that I work with, that they're sweet, C-suite or first time, first line leaders, self-awareness is the very first thing, um, the foundation, if you will. Then beyond that, it's, it's listening to your people and then getting to know your people. And that, again, back to whether it's the, you know, the server at the restaurant or whether it's the people on your team, the more you get to know someone and connect with them on a human level, the better you're going to communicate. And the, um, I think just the better light people will see you in, because if you're a great communicator and you connect with people on a human level, people want to be around you. And when people want to be around you, you're going to build a better team environment. So I would definitely say, you know, all of that. And then just um, really sharing about knowing about your people and then learning as much about as, uh, them as they want to share, as they're willing to share, if you're a leader. Mm -hmm. I call that driveway to driveway leadership. It's important to know as much about the persons, you know, in the driveway they leave from as the one they pull into in the morning at work. A lot of organizations only care about the person once they hit the, the parking lot at work. Mm -hmm. You need to know as much as you can about the driveway they leave from in the morning. Again, as much as they want to share. Um, it, don't, don't be too uh, intrusive, but the more you know about your people, the better you're going to be able to communicate. That was for, for me as a young leader starting out, that was a big challenge. Some of the feedback that I would get from your know, 360 reviews, things like that is, you know, Scott's very much all business you, and one-on-ones just want to jump right in, kind of talk about things. And I was, while I had leaders who were very much interested in me as a whole person, 
when I moved into leadership, I wasn't just quite comfortable there. I was like, should I, should I be getting to know so much about these people? Whatever it was, I struggled with that. Then at some point I, I had leaders really work with me, kind of open up as to why it's so important, the benefit of it. And then when that, when that flip, that switch flipped, it was a big, big shift in the performance of my teams and honestly, my happiness and engagement at work, really being able to focus in on my team as, as people, their lives, as you mentioned, what they're willing to share, getting to know more about them uh, really was a game changer for me and helped take my, my performance, my career to the next level. And that's all a part of communication. You know, the more openly you can communicate with people and the more vulnerable you will be and they will be, uh, that's where you learn how they, how, how they want to be appreciated, right? Because not everybody wants to be rewarded the same. Some want public recognition, some people that would, that would terrify them. Mm -hmm. And so again, that's the communication tie in there is that by knowing your people, you're able to communicate with them better and learn more about them so that you can either lead or work with them better. That's a big part of getting to know your people is really what does motivate them at work? Some people it is, they want the kudos. They want the email going out to senior leadership about a deal that they won. Other people, they are really focused right now in their, their spot in life. They want job security. Other people, it's money. Other people, it's simply growing because they want to become people leaders. So as you get to know that, it's going to help you best engage with them and provide them the right opportunities to keep them motivated and, enge and engaged and happy at work. Absolutely. It's got some people just want to be able to work from home and that requires an, a great amount of communication and trust. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, there's so many different tie-ins there that when you get to know your people, uh, you're just, you're going to be better off. Jody, couldn't agree more. And thank you so much for joining me today. Really do appreciate it and hope you have a great rest of your day. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. A special thanks again to my guest, Jody Fletcher. I love Jody's approach of driveway to driveway leadership. As you learn more about your people, you will be better equipped to communicate with them, motivate them, and lead with empathy. As always, if you haven't done so, please be sure to subscribe to Communicast so that you can be notified of new episodes. Thanks and have a great day.